to just uh, try and cover the subject of how do we can improve our leadership skills because God has given to all of us certain skills in leadership. Uh, he gives everyone skills, but I'm wanting to hone in on those things that specifically apply to us as leaders. As a leader, I'm just going to enumerate a few before we read the Word of God, but we need people skills, how to handle people uh, tactfully, lovingly, and yet with uh, real authority, concern, that which comes from God. We also need prayer skills, not only people skills, but prayer skills, how to really pray, how to pray into situations for breakthrough, etc. Planning skills. Uh, God wants us to catch vision from Him, see what, where we, He wants to take us, and then together in the uh, sense of our togetherness, the leaders in a local church, elders, sometimes with the deacons, that we, we plan things together. But it has to start with each of us individually. We get our planning skills, and God wants to improve on our planning skills, and then our preaching skills. If we're in leadership, we're called to preach the gospel, uh, to some extent, and uh, we need to be able to improve our preaching skills. So I'm hoping I can cover a little bit of that, uh, time allowing pastoral skills, how to care for the people in the flock that God's given to us and people beyond that. Our pilotship skills uh, or piloting skills, in other words, uh, being able to lead from the Word of God by the Spirit of God, but how to improve on that. Uh, from where we are now into what he wants for us, our perception skills. And these perception skills would include the gifts of the Spirit, but that we can perceive what really is taking place and what needs to be done. Something like the sons of Issachar, who could discern the times and knew what uh, God's people should do. And then also we need, uh, hopefully, to be able to improve our participation skills, our part, involvement in the togetherness of the local church and then in the larger picture of our togetherness as translocal ministries. And we need also to increase our peace skills. I'm just giving you some of those, uh, uh, hoping you'll ask God to help you because meditation on the Word of God, meditation on truth is what brings about a lot of the change. We can't just read, learn a few skills and in, in, in human flesh go out and uh, think that God's going to change things because we've learned some skills. This is waiting upon God for God to help us to increase our skills, improve on them. So our peace skills, when to confront and when just to back off. Some preachers are too scared to, uh, to confront some leaders and some of us just go on and on confronting and never know when we should just back off and make some room and give God time to work in those. And then also our parenting skills. Now, that's even true for those of us who may not have any children, physical children. But if we're in leadership, we're going to have some spiritual children. And so those will be our physical, physical and spiritual uh, children, our sons and daughters in Christ. People we lead to Christ and people we're caring for, parenting, bringing up in the, in the body of Christ. Then our prophetic skills. And so the list goes on. But let me just ask you now to turn in your Bibles. And we're going to read a few verses from Second Chronicles chapter 1. And then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25 and Second uh, Chronicles chapter 1, picking up in the, in the, the uh, seventh verse. This is after Solomon was made uh, the leader, the king in place of his son um, David. And he'd asked for wisdom 
And that night, it says here in verse 9, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And I believe that that's what God wants you to do. He's saying to you today, ask what you need and I'll give it to you. If you're in leadership and you, and we'll come back to this, but if you are appointed by God to be a leader, God will give you the skills that you need to be a leader. Whether you're the visionary leader or part of a team, God will give you those skills that are needed for your life. So he says here, um, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, you've shown great kindness to David my father and have made me king in his place. Now Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. And remember the promises that God has made in and through Christ those are the promises we want God to fulfill and confirm in our lives. For you have made me king over the people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may, listen to this, lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. I think all of us, if we haven't come to that place yet, we will get there one day through the school of hard knocks. But we need the wisdom that comes from God as to how to know how to lead the people, for no one can do it in just human wisdom and expect God to bless it and see the kingdom come. God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And... I will also give you wealth, riches, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. So God does provide everything we need, but we need to ask him for the things that we, can do, we can't do without. And that's wisdom that comes from him, uh, how to, the skill to lead. And then I want you to turn, if you would, just to Matthew chapter 25. We pick up in verse 14 of Matthew 25. And it says, this is the parable of the, parable of the talents. Again, in talking about the kingdom, it will be like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted, God has entrusted to all of us, certain areas of responsibility and giftings and skills. And he says, he called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To the one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received the five talents went at once and put the money to work and gave five more. So also the one who had two talents gained two more. Gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. It, you, you know the story. The master comes back. He, the, the man with the five talents gives him five more. The man with the two talents gives him two more than he was entrusted with. The man with the one talent who hid it, buried it, because he perceived God to be a hard taskmaster, God says, take that from him and give it to uh, the man with five talents. So I'm going to ask you just to pick up in the 28th verse for the sake of time. So he says this, take the talent from him, the one talent man, and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. God gives you talents. God gives you skills in leadership. 
and his promises if, if you've got this he'll give you more and that's what we're talking about today from the word of god so what are those things that I, I can i put it this way the following the things i'm going to share now are some of the things you'll have to eventually come to terms with if you want to count for god and to to survive in victory in, in, in ministry you're going to have to come to terms with them at some stage so let me just try to give you a few and talk a little bit about them and see how we go time wise the first one is you have to be convinced that you have been called by God to do what you are doing and to do it where you are now you can't have doubts about that Bible leaders knew what God had called them to do, and they knew where they were to do it. You can take Paul. He said, God has called me to be an apostle. So he knew what he was, what he was to do, the office, and, he's to the, and eventually he said to the Gentiles. He knew when God told him, go down to this place through a vision, whatever it might be. We equally have to be as convinced as Bible leaders were. And that's where translocal ministry is so important. Because sometimes we get into some kind of ministry or go to some kind of place all on our own, become lone rangers, we're determined to be leaders, and maybe God hasn't even called us to be a leader, or if He has, we need the confirmation of some people that have been before us that we're accountable to. And that's where apostolic prophetic team, the translocal team you relate to, counts so much. God isn't into releasing lone rangers. There's so many around. People who chose this and chose the place and not even tested it allowed anybody to speak into that situation. All right. Secondly, we have to be convinced that we can have an impact where we are now with the people you now have. And that's all by the power of the Holy Spirit. While you entertain doubts, so many times people have said to me, Dudley, I might have been able to do what you did if I'd had the people you had. Well, the beautiful thing about it in my own life has been that I've seen with very poor people in sub-economic areas and with rich people in really uh, affluent areas and everything in between, I've seen that what God says He will do, if you're in the will of God, God will do. The people He's given to you, if you're wise, you'll discern what kind of people He's given and you'll see what He wants you to do and how to do it with that group of people. You have to be convinced of that. Because at the end of the day, it's not by might and it's not by power. It is by His Spirit. It's not human ingenuity. It isn't your, just your skills. While we are, are to improve them, it has to be by the Spirit of God. And He's for you and with you. And He will do it if you're in the right place and in the right office. And so, just a little truth. Well, let me move on. Otherwise, time's going to catch up on me. The next thing we have to do is we have to be able to, um, well, I'm going to go back to that. Sorry, I'll just look at it. I think now I can't skip that up. 
This is something I want to ask you to embrace, believe in, and expect to become true in your life. Mark 16, 20 says, and the 20th verse says, And the Lord worked with them and confirmed. God's with us. This was the secret of leaders in the Bible. They knew that was how they, the secret is a bad word, but you know what I'm trying to say. This, this is where they got their success from. They knew that God was with them. That theirs was a simple commission to preach the gospel, to do what God had told them, and God was there. And wherever the, they went, God confirmed His word with signs following, as we read of in in, uh, in Mark uh, 16, and we also see that in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4. Their invisible Lord was present, and His Spirit bore witness to the truth. And this is the blessed partnership that God wants you and I to get into if we want to become more effective in leadership, improve our leadership skills. Faith in Jesus will result in fruitfulness, even if it takes some time. And I'll more than likely say that again later on in this message. The third thing to say is that you must be enthusiastic, zealous, spiritual fervor. Enthusiasm is always linked with the kingdom of God. Even in a prison, Paul and, and uh, his friends were able to sing and praise God, even in a prison. When we talk of the kingdom of God, enthusiasm is always involved in the kingdom of God. Fervor, zeal, zealous, passion, these are Bible words. Sometimes it takes, we have to stir up as Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 6, we have to stir or flame up, uh, just bring that, stir up the fire within us. But sometimes also, like Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says this never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 8, verses 16 through to 22, if you read it for yourself, but I'm just going to pull a little part out. It says, it's God who puts the same earnestness or zeal in our heart. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19 says to people, those whom I love are reproved and disciplined, therefore be zealous and repent. Why? Because they were neither hot nor cold. They had to repent. You can't expect to be, you can't be half-hearted, lackadaisical, lazy, and still expect God to work through you and for you, your life to be successful and count for God. I hope that makes sense. You can stir it up, begin to praise God, wait upon Him, thank Him for the past, thank Him for the present, thank Him you've got a great future, you've got plan, God's got plans for you, you know that, plans for good to prosper you, etc. And then fourthly, and this is so important, folks. Listen to me, please. True leaders are always learning. True leaders are always learning. Listen to what the Word of God says here. I'm going to read just a few of it. It's so much. You read through the book of Proverbs, and you'll see this over and over and over again. But I'm going to just pick out a few. Proverbs 9, 9 says this. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. See, a wise man can receive instruction and he becomes wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase his learning. But listen to the 
others the contrast. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. I've seen leaders becoming very foolish. They will not receive instruction. They want to do it their way, even if their way isn't working, and even if their way isn't biblical. They want to look like they were successful. Be a learner. Always willing to learn. Even out of children's mouths, the scripture says we are going to be able to be to learn. That's part of the peril of, of success. It's kind of like, I can't learn anymore. I know more than you. I already know what you're trying to tell me. And some of you may be there listening to me now saying, I already know this. Well, let's move on. Proverbs 13 verse 10 says this of these when we get to that place when success makes us think we really are good. We've got it all. Pride only breeds quarrels. Now I'm going to read on in a moment. Pride only breeds quarrels. So many leaders in their leadership team and in the church are facing so many quarrels. So much unnecessary trouble because they are unwilling to learn and say they were wrong. They did it their way. It's not working. It's creating havoc. It's hurting people. But they will not yield and say, I was wrong. So pride only breeds quarrels. But it goes on to say, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 1.5 says this, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. And so we need to receive teaching, learn from God directly. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He will lead us. He will guide us into truth. 1 John 2, 27, 20 verse 20 and verse 27 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know the truth. So the anointing teaches, as uh, verse 27 tells us. So we need directly from God, but also teaching from others. And when we get to where we say we're just only one from God, God, that's not the way God's planned it. God wants us also to receive from others. The things that you've learned from me, Paul said, those things teach others. Next thing, moving on quickly, and I'll look at the time. I'm going to have to bring this little part to a close. If you want to improve your leadership skills and stay on fire, burning for God, and increase your fruitfulness and effectiveness for the kingdom, you've got to understand this, folks. Listen carefully to me, please. Leaders can foul up. We've got to know that. The only leader that ever came to this earth that didn't foul up from the Genesis to the Revelation was Jesus. Everyone else on occasions made mistakes. Some were very big, some were very small, but all made mistakes. Mistakes are just part of leadership territory. We make some. But the big thing is, you must know how to deal with your mistakes quickly. And then, dealing with them, move on. In other words, Get over it. Yes, 
Confess it to God. God, I messed up here. I made a serious mistake. Confess it to God. If need be, because you've affected others, confess it to them. Look, guys, I messed up here. I, I just let pride come into the way. Or I hadn't really heard God. I said I did, but I hadn't. Just confess it to God. Confess it to people. And then get on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope I don't sound insensitive when I say that. I see, maybe I could squeeze this one in and it'll, and it'll help me just with next the next short little session. You've got to learn, this is the next little thing that'll help you, is you must learn to trust your gut feelings unless they run contrary to Scripture. You know, the Bible tells us there's a still small voice within us that says, this is the way, walk ye in it, that the Holy Spirit will teach you and lead you and guide you into all truth. And so most of the of the time, we in leadership are in unfamiliar uh, or uncharted territory. The things God's calling us to do that we've not been there before. We don't know. We've met, we don't know people who've been that way before. They have been, but we don't always know about. So we're always in uncharted territories. So we've got to learn to trust our gut feeling. Now, I just want to say this, please. If you're going to learn to trust your gut feeling, then you're going to have to do a lot of meditation upon the Word of God. You're going to have to stop just reading your Bible and meditate upon it. And ask God, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you. Now, what is the meditation? Well, unless you meditate in your heart upon the Word of God, you are going to come unglued. So if you meditate on the Word of God, the Spirit of God in you helps you to develop this sensitivity, these promptings, these urgings that come from the Spirit of God. Because that meditation on the Word of God is impacted by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. But if you constantly are wrong, stop for a moment, learn from Scripture, take some more time to meditate, get before God, and then don't rely too much on your now feelings if you're always wrong. And let God develop that in you. Next thing, all right, well, we'll have to stop there. May God bless you. You're a blessing. I want you to be blessed. And I hope that every one of you will take to heart the words and that they won't be just kind of discouraging. They'll be encouraging to you and you'll trust God for more.